good. Uh, no, go back to your corner. <coughs> I need to think of a good one. Ronnie's in timeout. What's something dumb people do in jiu-jitsu? Everything. Okay, I'll think of something. All right, let's that. start the show. Welcome right. to the Hay Show. <laughs> so welcome to the Hay Show. <clears throat> can I, am I still in timeout? You can come out of timeout. Okay, <laughs> so let's go back. So welcome to the Hey Show. That's why I was Guess who's back. Uh, this is a show where we talk about random BJJ and grappling things, MMA sometimes. We also shit talk white belts, and we Most this times. show is definitely not for experts. It's for people that still escape their arm bar the wrong way, or they do the hitchhiker. Right? <laughs> the, out shit, of a, the hitchhiker out of ankle, ankle locks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have a fun one today. It's a mailbag episode. So, so a lot of these questions are actually from people uh, that have contributed to our show. And also people who uh, I stole shit from the internets. So they're <laughs> internets. Two different things. That's what the internet's All right. For. So first question for our panel of experts. Uh, what is the number one most important thing every BJJ student should master first? He obviously did not read that. That's right off the dome. That was right off the dome. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot lately, actually. Now that you're I, a master? Because I just started actually having to teach, you know? And uh, I think something that I wish I would have really put a lot more focus on at the beginning is guard passing. I think being able to get good well, at passing good. guard is There's the problem. Good. How can you be good at guard passing if you don't understand guard? I, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you're right. They, they both kind of tie in together a little bit. So. I think that's the hardest part. I think the hardest part of jiu-jitsu is figuring out where to start and how to start. Yeah, We've talked about that a little bit in the other episodes. Yeah. And it's, it is. It's like, well, guard passing is great, but... So here's the thing that really frustrates me with my academies. And as I, you know, I mean, because we got to look at it. It's hard to look at it from this point, right? A lot of people train one or two days a week. Right. And they mm -hmm. hobby it, okay? Me, unfortunately, is seven days a week, hours upon hours of jujitsu that it's almost to the point where it gets boring for me So in some parts. So the sucky part is is I'm watching all these students and I'm trying to decide how do you get these new students to start jiu-jitsu and to stay with jiu-jitsu. They gotta make it, I don't remember what the stat is. Like if you can stay with jiu-jitsu for like six months or a year, there's like a huge increase that you will continue it. Yeah. Right. But getting that person to that six month or a year mark is so frustrating on preventing injuries, on yeah. getting them to understand what the hell they're doing. Yep. Like, well, there's, there's just so much information at the beginning too. You know, it's just some schools don't allow sparring for the first six months. Some schools go right into sparring because I agree. Like to me, it's great trial and error, get tapped. Yeah. But some people can't handle that. No. Yeah. Some people's egos um, definitely you get You know, away. and they immediately We're not quit. That school, right? No. We don't well, just throw people in the deep end. Now. <laughs> yeah, they definitely go to the ocean right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty quickly. rough. Straight um, off the boat. Yeah. So you know, like guard passing's great, but then it's like. I, None of my students, for the most part, right, are playing a good spider guard, are playing a good De La Hiva, are going with a reverse De La Hiva, are going with a butterfly. So if you're doing the technique wrong on the bottom, the person on top's not getting a legit guard passing anyways. That's fair. I feel like you could say that almost about anything, though. Like, But, but here's the thing, right? If you just tap them and you pass the guy's guard in five seconds, right, well, you did technically pass the guard. You did teach him the X-Pass. You did teach him the Toriando. But if it's not realistic, like a real, like the hips are strong, the frame's right, you're really having to break the connection with the leg, et cetera, et cetera, mm -hmm. right? It's never going to work in tournament. Right. It's different in, pra 
in practice as in theory, basically, you know. Right, and you don't want someone to be throwing a, a weak Deli Heva hook in, right, that someone just pushes off and then they're passed. Right. When in realistically, the right Deli Heva hook on the right person is going to cause you issues that you're going to have to address other issues. Specifically just with that, yeah. Passing yeah. the Deli Heva fakely hooked in. Correct. <clears throat> I have something to ask to kind of uh, build on that question. So uh, Ro- Ronnie has a, a student. We're not named this person by name, and they, there's no way in hell they watch the show, so we're good, but whatever. Uh, this person is very good at one thing, like very, very good. We almost basically can't do anything with that portion of his game. What, like, what do you, what would you suggest to get him to buy into the rest of it? Yeah, that's good. Because that's a good point. We we've really tried. We've I've I've talked to numerous people about mm-hmm. this, and I do not know the answer. If you if you get to the point where you are so good at one thing, why would you ever do anything else? Well, because it's Andrew Wiltz is a belt? perfect example. Yeah, I mean Andrew Wiltz is a monster in a lot of areas. Yeah, but there's other there's bigger monsters out there always. Yeah. And if you're not, you know, it's like, I remember a purple belt that Andrew came to me after he lost to Kanan like twice and said, what should I do differently? And I was like, holy crap, Andrew's asking me for advice. Mm-hmm. And clearly he didn't listen to any of it. But why, first of all, for two reasons, why don't you want to perfect your game? Right. If you love the sport and you love what it is, why would you want to stay one dimensional your whole life? Whether that's top or bottom or, you know, the wrestling, it's like, I see a lot of black belts, and it really upsets me. They only have one game, mm-hmm. and it's because they got really good at that one game, you know, like my competition. He shoots the double leg. He gets the two points. He rides the match out, and that's how he wins the Worlds. And that's great. Okay, I'm a world champion. I scored two points in three matches, you know, on, and I got my world title. Mm-hmm. But to me, I think I actually love the sport. I want to know everything about the sport. So, like, I know that I have my plan A, my plan B, my plan C, but right now the leg lock and the no-gi and the entanglements, I want to know everything about it. So I think if you genuinely love the sport, why wouldn't you want to be exploring all the other shit possible, mm-hmm. especially in the training room? But for people just starting out, what do you think is the most important thing yeah, to get this, them Yeah, but this at? went to a second question. We we missed we went to well no actually Brandon Brandon's correct okay. we were at, I was actually adding on to that because I thought that question kind of went along with that one because so it's they're just, new and they're just good at wrestling or they're yes okay. yeah basically and and just why why get good at guard passing because most of my takedowns I land in side control right well you know what I mean that that's kind of the I don't think there's logic. any way to fix that. I don't think there's any way to fix that until they they start losing more and more. Ah, sweet. That's my answer. Yeah, I completely agree with that. (laughs) Ronnie's like the right now, because that's literally what I say. That's the only thing we can Because Because you can't change people. You know that by now in the sport. You can't change their training habits. You can't change. They have to want to change it. I mean, how many, look at Oscar. Yeah. I mean, look at how many people we've had come up in the sport that we're like, man, that's the next person. That person's going to be great, and they let us down. Yep time and time again so like it does it, it might sound mean as a coach it's not that we don't care it we care more than anyone it's frustrating that others don't care as much as we care that's true oscar is a student at chad's academy yeah he's a great guy 
Um, so he has a lot of potential. It's sad to see it go thrown away, but yeah. One of the things I I have is um, wait, I got two for this one question, and it kind of depends on what you're wanting to do with it. If you're wanting to be a competitive jujitsu person, I think one of the first things you should master is submission defense, because if you can sit there and defend submissions, um, you have more time that you are in rolls. You have more rolling time because you're not getting subbed right off the bat. You're also less af- apprehensive to go for exactly. moves because yes, you're you know confident in your exactly. defense. But you're yeah. going to have to eliminate the factor of caring about getting tapped out. Oh, yeah. Which, again, is going to come down to whatever the statistics is, maybe 50-50, let's say. 50% of people are okay with getting tapped out. 50% of people will say they're okay with getting tapped out but don't want to get tapped out. They'll get tapped out twice in a, in a night and they'll go home. Yeah. I mean, the real person, I mean, if I was a white belt and I had to do it again and, and we've all made the, can I would go in saying I need to figure out how to get tapped out 20 times a night, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can do, but I'm not going to leave the mats until I get tapped out 20 times or 15 times. That way I know that every night I'm leaving, I'm getting 20, I'm getting tapped out 20 times and I'm learning I put my arm in here, I grip this wrong, this guy stripped my grip into a triangle, blah, blah, blah. You learned 20 different ways to not do jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I, was, so, I, was, I was about to ask that because actually that's a very technical way to look at it. So are you talking about you're getting enough rolls in to get tapped out 20 times? Right. Or are you, okay. I don't know how many times I've watched people think that they've, you know, it's like anything. And this, this goes to anything that you do in life, right? You go in there and you're like, man, I had a really hard night. I really trained hard. But if you really go write it down on paper, yeah. you put two rounds in. You put three rounds in. You kept your elbows in and you didn't do anything just because you're like, well, he didn't tap me. Yeah. But you didn't do shit. You didn't right. learn shit. You know, and that's okay in a tournament to win. I don't care if how I win in a tournament. I'll get an advantage and I'll hold on and ride the shit out. But in class, if you want to be the best guy in the room and you want to get better, count how many times you really get tapped out in a class. Count how many rounds you really go. Count how many chances you take and mess up. And really keep track of those stats because you'll actually be blown away because how many times does your mind lie to you? Really? I had a really yeah. hard night. I did oh, this. Yeah, yeah, I sure. did that. And you can talk not, yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Obviously. I mean, I did this. And, I, yeah. and you measure stats, your space on how just many took times. took a class on that. Actually. I measure mine on how many times I've thrown up that night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to measure it somewhere. I actually just took a class on that. It's that your creative subconscious, it basically connects partial uh, things of your reality to things you're thinking of. Okay. So it actually, whenever people say, oh, no, that person's a liar, or they, they always misremember things, it's actually maybe because their just mind can't connect those portions together. Hmm. So, Chad, now you have another excuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next question, actually, I, I said a curse word during that because this next question is pretty similar to one of the things Chad was going into. Would you rather get beat in training, uh, training trying new techniques or dominate training partners using your normal game? Uh, the reason this question came up actually is one I stole from uh, one of the blogs and stuff that's out there. So uh, this person was having a very hard time because he said in his gym, he was he was trying the techniques the instructor was doing, whatever it may be. I think in his case, it was a judo technique. And he said that he was actually trying, but he said his, everyone that he rolled with, they were just doing the same normal things. And, you know, he was getting beat, so he was getting frustrated. So I think we already answered this, but if you guys want to 
attacking another way, go right ahead. The only thing I'd like to add is then I think if you're training for like a tournament that's like a couple weeks away or something, maybe adjust it a little bit more then and go towards yeah, maybe more of your game. But if you're just trying to learn and get better, you're not going to get better doing the same thing over and over. So Yeah, that, that's a great point because if you are going into a tournament, you're not wanting to try, you're not wanting to learn new things going into a tournament. You're wanting to sharpen your current tools. So that that they're ready to go, and they're when you go. One of the my favorite drills I do for um, guys going into a tournament is I, I call it the six point drill. You whatever you do, you have to score six points, then you can get a submission, and then just pick that one path, whether it's double egg. Um, so you get the two, get to mount. Does it have then, to be six points, or could it be seven, or as long as you it, get it, over six? Minimum six. I kind of like that. That's a good idea. Um, and that way, that way, one, you remember the point system. Two, you're, you, you, you're you going to do that one thing that you're good at. You're going to you're get the position and the points before you jump on the arm bar like we talk about in some of the segments. Exactly, like 100%. Guard pull, flower sweep. Yeah, guard pull, flower bar. sweep. Make sure you get the points for the mount, and then you can go for your arm bar. Or if you want to submit, and I, and I say this too, if you want to submit off your back, get your six points, and then roll them into your guard play for three. Yeah, from three. mount, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you can do your submission off your back. I just want six points scored, and that helps sharpen it. They're not going to go out and it's like, oh, well, I'm going to work on this ankle pick I just learned. Like, no, they're going to shoot a double, or they're going to pull guard and do their sweep, the one sweep that they know how to do, and just do that over and over and over again. Um, and, I, and I say, if you are going into the tournament, you pick one path and you do that path for this entire five minute round. I learned something new. <laughs> it's pretty um, good. I, I also like renamed that drill and it's better. Yeah, it's the he, championship drill. He named it the championship <laughs> drill and, yeah, and it like sounds that. way better. You'd <laughs> <laughs> um, always go, ah, oh, the six point drill, you know. Is six, that? <laughs> the six, it makes, the six point drill is glued to my head because I have to remember six points is what you have to score. <laughs> but oh, I liked it, that's good. Um, so and I I uh, to go on with the question I agree that you should be trying new things and if you get beat trying new things that's fine, um, but I want to uh, kind of spin it a bit. If you're the teacher, if you're the head of the class and you're out there rolling, are you trying new things? Or are you making sure that you're you're wanting? You need to make sure that you give these guys a good roll, and um, and if you're trying new things and you're getting tapped out all the, all the time by your white belts because you're trying something new, is that bad because I, I worry about that a little bit if I'm going in and I'm gonna roll and as long I, I don't feel bad if I um, at least give up a good roll because like okay well you know he's giving me a good roll but if I go out there and get tapped out boom 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 like that for my students I, I feel like oh I might be losing a little bit here I might be losing the respect a little bit yeah I know that's to answer the first question for me I think it's 50 50 I think that you have to have 50% of going out and dominating your students or you know your, your chosen your, game plan you know yeah like like you know, the question was do you stick to your game plan where I just maul people and beat them at whatever I'm good at right or do I try different things and lose I think you need both so how many days a week are you training so how I feel like I used to do it is I'd go to Mount Vernon twice a week right that's where I would like get my ass whooped that's where I would get my constant, my defense got better, my aggressiveness got better because it was in survival mode when I went down there. Mm -hmm. But then when I came back to Effingham, they didn't train the same way yet. So I could sit there and I could just do whatever I want to people and practice things. And I, I've always said, if you want a really good game, I think you need both of those. Yeah. 
I think you need so. to have two environments and you got to figure that out. So like figure out your academy's training schedule, right? Like we have four days a week. Let's say two days a week are hard. Like typically those two days a week are comp training and you go as hard as possible. In those classes, right, those are the ones where you want to stick to your game plan and just try to tap out as many people and beat as many people's asses as you can. <laughs> but then on the other days that are more casual, those are the ones where, okay, you know, start with my back, start these positions, let me get tapped out 100 times and figure shit out. And I think if you can balance the two things 50-50, you're going to have a really good game. That's, that's, yeah, so, I like so. that. Sun Yun with her student, she says it's, uh, she calls it the one-in-one. She says that she gives one hard roll and then one roll where she's trying to get them to spots where she wants them to get better. You know, I kind of do that with people that I, this sounds so douchey, but that I think I'm better than or that I know that I'm better than. Like yeah, some newer, some, it, is, it is super <laughs> douchey to say, but what like some asshole. newer people. I was, I was trying to find the joke. <laughs> Like, I'll go with them hard once and tap them, and then the next time, after we stand up and slap hands again, then I'll kind of, like, let them get to their position and see what they're going to do. But I think that goes back to what Rodney was saying. Yeah. Um, I think as an instructor, you're not trying to be a douchebag, but you have to insert a level that people respect it. Yeah. It just, that's... I guess that's kind of what I meant. Whether you want to like the sport or not, it is a physical fighting sport, you know, and you could say, well, jiu-jitsu's not fighting. You're having to, you're not physically beating someone sometimes. You're mentally having to beat them too. Yeah. If you really want to know how to play the sport, the sport has a lot more mental into it than I think people actually look into. Um, and if, if you're mentally not ready for a tournament, if you're not mentally ready for any of these different little things, it doesn't matter how physically good you are, you're not going to win things. So I think as an instructor and a coach, you can't let the students just constantly beat your ass. Why would they respect you? <laughs> right. Why would they listen to you? Why would they pay you? Why would they come to you? So they got to know that there's levels. Yeah. And they got to know, you know, I'm getting level five of Ronnie right now. I eventually want to get to level four of Ronnie, level three of Ronnie. And then eventually you got Tristan, who's at level one of fighting me. You know, yeah. like now I don't beat Tristan anymore. Yeah. But he had to go through five or six levels of me to get to that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and Absolutely. I think that's the, the good thing if you want to be a good instructor. And, and then look, now he's the most respectful, humble student that we have. Absolutely. Because we created those layers and did it the right way. Yeah, it's nice it, when you get those guys that respect you enough that um, you they tap you out and then you say, that was great, but you could have done this better. And they're like taking mental notes like, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yep. I could have done that better. I could have tapped you out. Quick. Here's some yeah. tips for beating my ass yeah. next time. Exactly. That, that yeah. ass kicking was great, but if you want to kick it quicker... <laughs> I had one real contribution, and I had one joke. So okay. the first contribution is is uh, I used to go to school back in the day, and the instructor would actually roll with like her, her their students, but she would always like do things to beat them that they don't know, yeah. like a heel hook in the gi or right. like a wrist lock or something, sure. and you're just showing dominance. Yeah. So I think that would be a toxic yeah. type yeah. environment like that. Right. And then the second, the joke part is, Joey, Brandon thinks he's better than you. Oh, shit. I have never <laughs> seen And it's not I true was either. Find, I was trying to find, like, the one student that would be good. So. Oh, all right, yeah. Okay. I think I heard Pot that. Stirred. Yeah. All right. So um, this is non-PC, so I apologize with the fainting hearts or whatever. Gun to your head. What skill set would you want to be a master of and just okay at to be the best in the cage? Well, what's that martial art where you like can move the guy away without touching him? 
Tai Chi. Bullshit. Bullshit. Hey! Bullshit. <laughs> I want that one where I just like wave the guy down and he falls over. <laughs> yeah. Um, my legitimate answer. That wasn't Chad, legit. That was not legit. That was bullshit. So one that's really like one you like. Uh, so like um, I'm thinking of like the specialist because I, me and Ryan talk about this a lot in MMA. I love specialists. That's mm-hmm. my thing. Like where they're legitimately like they're a master of whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. and then they're just okay at one thing to win cage fights. Them. Yeah, to yeah. win cage well, fights. Well, clearly the answer is simple. Wrestling. It's just wrestling. I disagree. Yeah, that's I disagree it. Too. I think it's jujitsu. Jujitsu is the number one, and then your backup is boxing. Because I think kickboxing I think and wrestling. We, I think so statistic-wise, wrestling is right now like one of the most dominant things that any really incredible wrestlers carry the most the most titles. Beyond I, just the technique, though, with wrestling, I think a lot of the power of wrestling is the mindset. Whenever you get through being a good wrestler, you've gone through the fire of being a wrestler. You're mentally tough as fuck at that point. I feel well, like. Well, yeah, you grind. You you get. The yeah. There's not a lot of other ride sports. Shit out, no matter how martial hard it arts is. where you get that level of mental toughness, though. Like now, you know, that being said, I just got done watching a uh, fight where the one uh, if this kid had any jujitsu at all he would have beat a very good wrestler because a, a wrestler is very good at getting them down and being able to hold them down to an extent. Yeah, but you're but, talking about amateur. Are we yeah. talking about, like, top of the level, best well, athlete in the world, or are we no, talking no, no. amateur? I, I am talking about just in the cage. Like, who, in the, in, who holds the most UFC titles? If you were to say Muay Thai, boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling – who holds what on the fair? And I, I know, and essentially, they all have Muay Thai. They all have yeah, wrestling. They right. all have, yeah. you know, that's, we understand what you're saying. Yeah. But I would say a majority of the title holders in the UFC have all been primary wrestlers. I would say it's strikers. At one time, like at one, if time, there was eight titles, one like six of the eight were wrestlers. M- MMA is the most oceanic thing because it ebbs and flows so much. You you will have a flow of wrestling and, and grapplers, and then you'll have a flow of strikers that are good at being able to keep you at a distance and still be able to get their game off without negate that wrestling strike or grappling. And there's errors because like what that was like the um, I'm trying to think here the Tito Ortiz era. Mm-hmm. Where he would just like go in, double leg someone, hold him down, ground and pound. And then all of a sudden Chuck Liddell came up. Yeah. And then he could negate his takedown. But Chuck it... Liddell had great wrestling defense. He used his wrestling to stop your wrestling so he could strike, though. But his wrestling defense was jiu-jitsu. It was well, 100% using using hooks and stuff to get himself to a position. See, I don't know if you could even up. answer this question correctly because... Also, how is your training camp and how are you studying, right? Like, you're like, okay, well, this guy is da-da-da-da-da. So then you're not even going to use your primary game anymore. No, yeah, we would have to take this at um, you are going up against someone that you have no idea about. Yeah, you have four four things. I think wrestling is your number one foundation. I think so. I I think think three of the greatest of all time in mixed martial arts are all high-level wrestlers. If you had, like, if you just took the highest level of all of them, Right, just one only boxing, only Muay Thai, mm-hmm. only wrestling, only jujitsu. I think the wrestler wins. I mean, it's if you, I don't know, man. The being able to get subbed off the back and being able to use the cage to like, and we just saw um, the jujitsu guys now that are learning to use the jujitsu with a cage, being able to wall walk up, um, bouncing off the cage. We saw Tyro Tolo bounce off the cage to get a guard pole. 
Yeah, but I the mean, wrestler can do all that. Did you see Mackenzie Dern get that Kimura off the cage, too? Exactly. That was nice. Right. A wrestler can do all that, but when he's doing that, he's doing jiu-jitsu. Right. <laughs> yeah, or he's but, body locking him and dumping him on his head. Which or... is jiu-jitsu. I mean, we're talking, if we're talking pure wrestling technique, what is wrestling technique is mostly yeah, being able to take you down yeah. or being able to get you on your back and get the pin. And it stops there. It's also not locking hands. Right. And so if we talk about all those guys that won with wrestling, what they won with was they got someone down, and a lot of times they got submissions out of it, whether they're arm triangles, you know, wrestling, catch wrestling, yeah, catch submission, wrestling. but that is jiu-jitsu. Catch wrestling, jiu-jitsu. You cannot call so that I don't wrestling. know if you could really fully answer the question very well. It's definitely a very nuanced question. It is. I mean, but... it's, it's, it's a question that needs to be argued but i There's bet no if you look at the top five to greatest of all times and whatever list you want to make i think that, most of them are high level that's wrestlers. actually what i wanted to attack so what's what's your list i mean like gsp john jones daniel cormier these guys are all extremely high level wrestlers i would argue john jones doesn't use a ton of wrestling he's a national greco-roman wrestling champion though. i don't i would argue that in the at cage Juco. he doesn't yeah, he doesn't use a lot of wrestling. But I don't he's think he needs to. I think he, he, yeah, people but, can't but stop. They him. can't. He's never been taken down. If you could take John Jones down, you would probably beat him. But the fact that you can't take him down, so you're trying to figure out how to beat him without taking him down, makes you lose. As a matter of fact, one of the other highest level wrestlers ever, Daniel Cormier, got taken down by John Jones. Yeah. And that's the only person that's ever taken him down in the history of his career. So. Yeah. I mean, you think I, I about think it. You're like, how do you take John career. Jones down? It's like Corey. How do you take Corey down? Right? Yeah, and Corey's not even a great wrestler. Yeah. Similar just builds. because of his height, <laughs> it, it negates so much. If he, he goes to heavy, we'll probably actually find that out. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, I, mean, I honestly, can't wait to see that. I thought he was going to prison. Well, no. well I mean, either of He's probably going to fight Steve yeah, and we, That's like, the show. The prison heavy. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have prison UFC. That's right. Was it, was On that an that island. Can, was that yeah. a Wesley Snipes movie? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, there's there's a couple of different movies where they go to a prison or whatever and fight. The best one's the Muay Thai one, where it's actually a true story. Uh, I forgot what that movie called. I told Ronnie. I yeah. I it comes at night or something. I don't know. Whatever. All right. So uh, let's go on to the next one. Uh, this was directly from one of Chad's students. I keep getting stuck in half guard. Any tips? Don't get stuck in half guard. That was the payoff. All right. Something uh, that helps me whenever I get stuck in half guard is instead of sitting on the leg, just being in that half guard position, playing the pass, I like to just sit him back up to the, like, the, I don't even know what to call which it. Which like neutral this. position. <laughs> Chad, you I was... dox him? <laughs> yeah, he was Chad, about to. I was just trying to get the payoff of you saying, don't get stuck in half guard. Oh, that was okay. the whole joke. <laughs> okay. Right. So, uh, last question. Uh, what, and this is a, do not sign off because there's a direct tie into this question. What former MMA athlete, now keyword there's former, former MMA athlete, do you think you would be in a grappling match? Conor McGregor. That's a good answer. He's not a answer. former athlete. He's not an athlete anymore. He's still competing. When? He They're broke his leg longer. like seven months ago. Now oh, it's longer than this that. This is the best answer. Nine months ago. Sorry. Way longer than that. <laughs> no, it wasn't. All right. How long ago did Conor McGregor fight? Google it. Oh, it's we don't like, have time for that. He's but. actually gonna. I think the the rumor is is he wants to fight Masvidal, and it's yeah, gonna be later this who gets end. yeah who gets paid the most money, and their career just ended. Yeah. All I know is I beat Connor in a grappling match. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I mean, probably he's not a little at bigger than you now. Yeah. But at one forty five, I beat the shit out of him. All right. I want a hundred million dollars. 
<laughs> Brandon, your answer. No one. <laughs> they all beat me, probably. You sound like such a bitch. <laughs> Honestly, I, I'm having a hard time thinking of somebody that I think I could beat in a like rippling do like a, match. A rape I know. I know who it is. Yeah. Who's that wrestling guy that was a bitch that came to the UFC? <laughs> is that wrestling? You know, remember when we were talking about some of the best techniques to have and it was wrestling? Yeah, yeah the I bitch. Know. Yeah, yeah, the wrestling <laughs> Which one? bitch. He was a famous, well, not, he wrestled. He did WWF or oh, whatever. Oh, gotcha. Try CM, CM Punk. Punk. Yeah. He's like 200 pounds. You could take him. All right, sign <laughs> me up, buddy. <laughs> I, I'll give it a shot. I, I really I think can't, he, I can't believe I can say this, but I've seen CM Punk do jiu-jitsu. And Brandon could take him or no? He's bigger than you think. But Brandon could take him? You know, I'm feeling like I could probably take him. He's a, oh, man. A, can we arrange that? I think he's yeah, a CM Punk, I think if you're watching. He actually competes no, in Chicago. No, because he went against Mickey Gall in his debut, and Mickey Gall was a brown belt then. There is no way they were both brown belts in that. He got destroyed by him. It's probably karate. Not all belts or are created equal. Jikun Kuchiki. Well, he trains no, at... It's like, you know. Did he train at... <laughs> you're, you're hovering around a word there. <laughs> <laughs> He trains at uh, Rufus Sports. <laughs> he oh, might, yeah, yeah, he, he might be Rufus a blue Sports. belt now, but yeah. there is no way he's a brown belt. I'm going to look this up immediately whenever in five <laughs> seconds. But, no, I, I actually saw him compete, and, like, he was really nice. He just we want asked, the match. He, uh, he asked, no one tape it. Uh, and he also That's always asked, a good sign. No yeah. one, you know, like, no one come up and ask for autographs. He came in to – it was a grappling, uh, grappling games, and he knew the owner, and mm-hmm. then he just came in. Five seconds, did his match or his division, and then just left. But, yeah, I actually saw that. All right, uh, Ronnie. Yeah, Bitch Bing. Give me Michael Bitch Bing. I don't know if you can beat him, Dude, he's got pretty good jiu-jitsu, too. No. No. His jiu-jitsu is decent, He's got pretty good jiu-jitsu, dude. What? I mean, I'd like to watch the fight, but no. he's not a bum on, on the ground, I don't think. What? Yeah, I, th- I think you t- <laughs> think you underestimate Biz Bing a little bit. Ouch. <laughs> I'm hurt. Maybe we're underestimating hurt. Ronnie, it sounds that's, like. That's true. I am physically hurt. <laughs> From what? From you, your burns. You haven't even wrestled yet. <laughs> you should be hurt afterwards. <sighs> okay. I mean, if, if we can arrange that match, we'll, we have mats. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's been a black belt for like seven or eight years. He's not something. a black belt yet. We looked him up. He's a black really? belt under some weird-ass... Europe, not, that is like Chad Hawkins. European yeah. jiu-jitsu? Some weird <laughs> jiu-jitsu that's not real Asian jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu. Okay. Yeah. He's a brown okay. belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu under... Uh, so you guys are the same. I guess California. I didn't know same that. Weight, California same. guy. Yeah, some California guy. All right. I guess I didn't know that. I kind of want to see Ronnie prove me wrong. Yeah, I like I, it. I'd love to see that. Let's get it done. Now, now, let's not ruin this. If you would like to see Conor McGregor... He's a bitch. CM Punk <laughs> or Michael Bisbee... Fight any of these people, you can go to FujiBJJ.com, and I'm sure they would love to set this up. So if any of these people are listening, it would be a great time. And I actually have some locations where they can come and meet you guys at. Uh, The first one is Kansas City, Missouri, July 9th. They could also come to Washington, D.C. Summer Championship, but it's in Sterling, Virginia. That's July 16th. Also Hendersonville, North Carolina, July 23rd. New York, New Jersey, uh, July 24th. Uh, that is in Hilburn, New York. Paducah, Kentucky, which just keeps coming up. Uh, that's <laughs> going to be in July 30th. We're going to actually skip down a few and actually tell you guys where we actually will be at. If anybody wants to talk to any of us four individuals. You want to talk some shit? Yeah. Come on Michael out. Michael Bisbee, 
Conor McGregor or CM Punk, uh, to the Terre Haute, Indiana Championship. That is August 20th, and that will be where Chad raises another banner, right? Yep. If you want to see us take the team award. Over a local school that we will not name. That we will not name. Yeah. We will not name. No, no. All right. So. But you know it. <laughs> all right. So that's all we got. So now we're going to get on to our last segment, of course, uh, Shit Talking White Belts, and we'll see you in one moment. All right, welcome back to Shit Talking White Belts, and we are reviewing King of the Mat. Uh, right now, I think we're somewhere around round 10 or 11. Still the 175 and up. Still 175 and up. Comma, and, big uh, boys. Return of the big boys. <laughs> let's watch this uh, this round. Man, I look good in a baseball jersey. Yeah, what's 69 Ooh. in there, Oh, 69 is the uh, name of my favorite uh, pos- player in... Uh, Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> What's the player's name? Shorzy. <laughs> wow. Alright. You got I know we can't see it right now, but Ty is going against is it Ethan? Uh yeah, big Ethan Ethan Grant. Yeah. yeah Ethan moves good. He's scary, he man. So look, <laughs> Yeah. I mean Ethan's no uh this is, this is a good scramble right here before Ethan finally accepts that, you know? I mean, I think this whole guy's going to put him down. Yeah, Ethan also is such a gamer. He always gets beat up on and beat up on, and he's just like, yeah, let's keep going. Like, no, I've got this. Let's go. How many, how many <laughs> mistakes and missed opportunities just took place in that one 10-second? I feel like I fun. definitely would have went for the seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah, I don't know. I, or something. I understand why he gave up a lot of those because right. <laughs> but you don't still. want to go to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Ethan on top is not what you no. want. No. This is this is a good round. Yeah, I don't it's know about cool guard, no. but you know, I mean, it's it's a bad life choice, especially. I don't know. I feel like if you could actually get him your close guard, but he gets off to the side. Yeah, yeah. that's when, that's what you got to do for sure. So the major mistake that Ethan made was that he committed his weight. Look, you're you're two times the size of the guy. You don't need to distribute your weight to one side of the body, which gave Ty right out the exit um, to come for the back. Yep, right on it. Um, yeah, I think they break. Uh, we're going to have to go to Cole over here on the right. Cole's going against um, the judo gentleman that came in. Yeah. He did a great job. I was starting to want that guy to win by the end yeah. of the King of the Mat. He, he was, was having so much heart. He was so good at defending submissions, like in positions. Like it was, uh, he was getting put in a lot of positions, but he knew exactly how to be just defensive enough. To Ties back. Oh, he has got him in guard. Yep. Oh, there's our Cole's got guard. Ty's got. What, what judo belt was that? Uh, I don't know. I didn't get to see his. One guy had an orange belt. I, seen, I don't know where yeah. that is in judo. It looked like the lady had a purple belt, but I didn't think purple was in, in judo. I got a thumbs up so from a mysterious entity, so that <laughs> means it is true. Oh, he throws oh, the triangle. Cole's throwing the triangle. He throws it up there, Gibbity. He, he he didn't really commit to it. I think if he actually committed to it, he might have been able to get somewhere with it. I don't feel like people grab that shin. And no. That's my absolute favorite way to do it, yeah, too. Yeah, me too. And then plant the other foot. Ty's trying to escape. See, he should be throwing a triangle. <laughs> you never see that. Either. You don't throw a triangle on a big guy, but you also don't see big guys throwing a right. So that was like round 10 or 11, and uh, that was a good round. There was some good action in that round, and uh, some, some opportunities 
that I really feel like were missed. I really think that if Ty would have slowed down just a little, he could have probably bow choked Ethan or got a really good position and uh, and not had to put the chance of having a 300-pound guy on a 140-pound guy and possibly getting smashed. And under this format, your energy and cardio are very crucial. So let's just watch Cole and Evan. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah from no, no, Evan is Bloomington. from Bloomington. They call him Big and Red for some reason. He's, he he had like the most subs <laughs> at Fuji Bloomington, like for the quickest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was some mistakes made there. He, you know, and he went for that Americana from Side Control, and a bit, I see people do that. Yeah. Um, the only negative is, is you're not getting back to a guard or a safe place, mm -hmm. and then typically things are going worse. You mean the guy on the bottom? Yeah, he went for an Americana from side control, and now he's just giving up his back. I think Cole, right here, made a really crucial mistake, and this is what I see all white belts do. He had an incredible position. He had the back. Yep. Could have put seatbelt control in. Yep. Could have effortlessly... Uh, you know, had a good position and got the bow choke. Instead, he jumps on an arm bar yeah. that doesn't have the elbow. He compromised and it all. Now the guy's going to come up, right? Now yeah. the guy's on top, which clearly the guy's a bigger guy than you, and his, his footlock is his game. So right here he starts to go for the footlock. Cole gets his foot out. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different exchanges missed there that didn't need to be missed. And, uh, Who's this on top of that's, Ethan, yeah. That is the judo guy. That's the um, judo guy and Ethan, yeah. And uh, Ethan was, uh, he was struggling. He was tired. I he went, he, got, he actually got thrown. We missed it. Um, but he got, it. yeah, he actually got thrown. Um, Let's look. Yeah. Cause it, and it was pretty, pre it was pretty, if I remember right. Let's see if Cause, we can see it. Because Ethan tries to throw him and that was wrong. So the guy stands straight up. Oh, um, little yeah. trip. That was yeah. nice. So... That's the good thing about judo is you can make someone twice your size. I can never look to that Americana like that from bottom. You do that? He actually he actually finished it later in the match because that's how he got the judo guy out. He did actually tap the judo guy with that Americana. So he's on bottom. Uh huh. Yeah. How does it even work? It's one of those things where it should. It's like going for the Americana when you're inside someone's guard. Your back should get taken, but. You can get away the, with it at white belt. I think the judo guy just kind of freaked out. <laughs> he did. Absolutely. You know, he didn't, you know, I mean, it gets tight in your arms, and you're like, oh. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, if you could actually slow it down and you trained more jiu-jitsu. You knew what the breaking step over didn't the head. did Oscar do that to somebody one time and broke his arm? Yeah. So it's amazing what happens at white belt. That's why <laughs> we appreciate you guys watching this show, and uh, stay tuned every week for a new episode.